Hey, good afternoon, Isabel. How are you today? Hi, Lena. Thank you so much for inviting me today. I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Nice and cool, finally. So that's um, amazing. <laughs> yes, very much needed here in Melbourne. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, Isabel, do you, would you like to introduce yourself and um, tell us a bit about you and uh, what you're doing? So my name's um, Isabel, or Izzy, as some may know me. I'm originally from northern Italy and have moved to Melbourne in 2019 with my partner, Winter. And um, I am a plant-based chef and I also teach yoga. And I'm here in Melbourne just, you know, living, living life. And I founded um, Brassica Catering alongside my partner, and we do catering for um, events and parties and retreats and yeah, just really living life on the veg side. <laughs> always cooking, always eating, always full of plants. That's pretty much what I do. Amazing. So when did you um, decide to become vegan? Oh gosh, that's um, quite a while ago now. I think it's almost six years. So, so yeah, I barely remember the days where I wasn't vegan. Well, I wasn't cooking that much, so probably that's why um, I remember that my, I've always loved vegetables a lot. I grew up not eating a lot of meat as a kid and it was almost like a chore for me to eat meat or anything that was, you know, even a lasagna. So I didn't really feel like it. Like I just felt great eating fruit and vegetables we used to make a lot of the things that we ate um, at home. So my mom would bake bread and make little sandwiches for me to bring to um, school. So I was very lucky kind of growing up in that um, very like homemade food environment, which I'm very, very grateful for. Um, so at some point in my life, I was, you know, not really feeling great in my body and the things that I was eating. I wasn't living at home at the time and I wasn't cooking for myself. I uh, was uh, working in this hotel and I had to live in the hotel. And um, despite it being an amazing experience, because it was a beautiful venue and location and uh, really great people to work with, uh, the, you know, the food was just not the kind of food that I would cook for myself or what I was used to. So it had, you know, lots of cheese and lots of cream and butter and um, animal products in general. And I would, there was just something that wasn't quite right. And I just started to watch some YouTube videos and kept just seeing these like vegan things. And I was like, oh, my God, I don't know how these people like can be so vegan. And, you know, back in the days, like there were quite some extreme examples of um, what being vegan was like. So I was like quite overwhelmed, but also quite curious at the same time. And um, I decided to try it out. So when I moved to Bristol for my master's, I decided that I wasn't going to buy any animal products. And so I did and the world opened up <laughs> and yeah, I never looked back really. And I was like, finally, I can just eat whatever I want. And that makes me feel great. And, you know, it was a, an explosion of flavors that I had never um, even known before. So it was really like an enriching of my culinary experience rather than how some people think it is quite restrictive, but that wasn't my experience at all. Sorry, that was probably a bit of a long no, answer. That's great. That's no, great. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I'm um, a vegetarian. Yeah, 
well, I'm only pretty much eat cheese, but because um, I found that's a bit of the be. hardest, which yeah. seems to be everyone saying, but otherwise I, yeah, if it wouldn't be for cheese, I would, would be um, possibly vegan <laughs> as well. Um, it, so, um, yeah, so would you say pretty much since um, you thought about, about food and what you were eating, it has literally expanded your knowledge and you became even more into all sorts of different foods that you were eating rather than yeah. eating meat pretty much because it's often the question right where people are like yeah but what do you eat and it's like as if meat eaters would only eat meat all day of course not no. either um, yes but I found the same it's it's possibly more this um experimenting more with different um foods out of a sudden as more as so you just um you know have a look what's there Would you say that? Definitely. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, being Italian, we're quite insular in the way that we cook and that we eat. Like we love Italian food and obviously, you know, you can't blame us. It's delicious. However, going vegan really pushed me to try out a lot uh, of different cuisines, whether it was more, um, you know, Indian or Thai or, you know, any cuisine really that wasn't the standard Italian because it had naturally some dishes that were like quite adaptable. Um, for a vegan diet so I experimented a lot with different flavors and spices but also things like you know beans you know in yes we do eat plenty of beans but in Italy even but there's so many beans and it's just not something that is part of a diet that's not vegan for some reason even though they're delicious even though lots of traditional dishes in you know um, what we call like the um, pork kitchen in Italy so you know with many parts of Italy uh, when there wasn't a lot of affluence and they've had to cook with very basic ingredients and that's why we have so many legumes in uh, the Italian the Mediterranean diet um, and yet at the same time I feel like growing up in the environment I grew up we still didn't eat so many beans like we ate chickpeas but now I eat so many different beans and I'm like just amazed at how many varieties there are of beans, um, lentils, like you could literally eat a different bean every day and just not get tired of it. Yeah, I feel also Melbourne is possibly a really awesome place because you can go to different suburbs and I feel like I always find something else that I've never seen in my entire life because there are so many um, different cultures where I feel like in in Europe it's still this cultural food where because obviously I'm from Germany so <laughs> there's also the same like is this like it's it's barely you can get a coffee without a milk unless you drink it black there's no option on almond milk or soy milk or um, you know oat milk I think they have started a bit but like it's not like Melbourne where it's just like it's completely normal if you order a coffee with oat milk that one is like yeah cool you know and so um you have you have like choices so i found it's so um, it's possibly really good yeah. space to be and so yeah especially these days i mean if you go to a cafe there's probably five cartons of plant-based milk and then maybe two of dairy which is amazing to see and obviously when i go home it is a little bit um more difficult but uh, since i came here to melbourne my sister who still lives in northern Italy has also turned vegan and every week she's sending me all these amazing products that are coming out. And I'm like, when I actually go back home, it will be a different world. Because when I left, you know, three years ago, 
it definitely wasn't like that. So I'm very excited to be going home and um, just seeing how that kind of European diet also evolves to a more plant-based diet that um, is going to be very interesting to see. But yeah, very lucky here with the options. So is it products she makes or products that um, she discovered that are coming? Yeah. Yeah. Well, both, you know, she sent mm. me a little hamper, um, a little hamper for Christmas and she um, sent me some truffle mayo and vegan chocolate. So, you know, she's even sending me things from Italy that, you know, I haven't had um, before. So it's a bit of a mix. She is a lot. She loves to cook. She's a very great cook. Um However, there's also lots of pre-made meals and, you know, lots of ingredients. I think that's the big thing, you know, like a tahini or peanut butter. That's they're not we don't really use these in Italy. And now they're just a lot more easy to find, which is great. So I don't have to pack everything when I go home. <laughs> yeah. So what so now you just catering literally for people and um, for different retreats. Um, how, how does that look like so people can contact you and you just become creative? Yeah, so the, the reason why I decided to dedicate myself fully to plant-based catering is because I can really give the experience that I want um, to a particular group. I love cooking for small um, amounts of people. I feel like that's where I can really focus on like quality and of putting my whole heart and soul into the food that I cook. I like the experience of eating with the guests. I like the experience of creating a menu that is completely bespoke to someone's needs. And um, you know, it obviously being a yoga practitioner, it so works well that um, using also the knowledge that I have of my practice and of food, I kind of combine the two things so that when people do go on a health retreat or a yoga retreat, um, they know that when they get my food, it's going to be delicious and nourishing and fueling for their body and their mind for whatever um, practice they're doing while they're on retreat. So I really like to have the conversation with the um, retreat hosts. What do they need? What do they like? And just really create the most beautiful food that is um, good for everyone and you know the environment and the animals and it's just like a whole experience that I'd like to provide with also some you know special little things that I like to do I like to be very creative with my food so it's not you know always just super simple salads of course so I really like to experiment and I'm constantly developing my skills and I like to take these skills into whatever event I'm catering for just to give something a little bit um, special because you know there's still a lot of stigma around um, vegan food unfortunately and I'm there to defy the stigma and show that everybody can enjoy a plant-based diet and be very happy and very full. So do you just um, do you also make things yourself like for example yeah. cheeses or butters or um, you know different relishes or do you just um, put things together? <laughs> No, I, I make everything myself. So I don't buy any processed meat. You know, there's so much vegan junk food these days. I don't think that as a personal chef, I need to tap into that 
I'm Ariadne also and make my own bread. I ferment my own cheeses. I make my own nut butters and spreads and granola and, um, you know, whatever you can think of. I really like, because I come from that, as I mentioned before, environment of making things from scratch. It is something that's very healing for me. It's a, it's a kind of meditation when I do these things, especially when I do work with dough. I love getting my hands dirty. I don't like buying things off the shelves. It's never as good. Sorry, but, you know, it's just not the same as when you're making it from scratch and you're taking the ingredient from the market and you transform it into something beautiful for people to eat. I think that really is the reason why people should consider things like a personal or a private chef because that's the experience that you want. Otherwise, we're just everybody's able to assemble something nice with products that you can buy but really where is the difference and I think really think it does come from the making whatever you're making from scratch and just obviously it's not always possible if it, there's a very big event it's a different um, story but um, as I said I do prefer to cater for small amounts of people for that precise reason because I want to be able to make everything myself even though it's a lot of work but it's yeah. um, very rewarding so when we go a bit back to your story, so obviously you um, were so fortunate to grow up in a country where people make a lot of things, but also in your family, um, people were making things. But um, what, what do you recommend um, to someone that, for example, would love to become vegan or even vegetarian or as well, you know, um, cater for themselves and you know, start to learn step by step maybe how to, maybe not the most difficult thing in the world necessarily right away, like let's just ferment some sauerkraut or something, but like, you know, small steps of not what you said before, buying a processed um, patties and falafel and, and things, but um, how you can maybe learn um, and teach yourself to make some easy um, meals. Yes, that's a that's a very good point. I think some people find it quite confronting to change to a vegan diet because it seems like they need to change everything. Whereas really, I think it's about, especially at the start, it's about taking little steps towards changing something. So you can still make your favorite recipes, just substituting the animal product for a non-animal product. For example, if you like making curries and you usually make a um, chicken and vegetable curry, can you take away the chicken and just add some tofu instead or some tempeh or whatever other ingredient you think um, might be a bit different, but that is still kind of substituting something that you already know um beware of vegan cheeses if they're not fermented <laughs> i think it's one of the things where um some people also get a little bit discouraged because they're like it's not the same no it's not the same so after a while that you have already adapted a more plant-based diet your taste buds will also adapt and then Things like normal store-bought um, cheese might be more appealing, but at the start, I would take the things that you know and you love and just substituting a few of the ingredients a few times a week and then let your body and your taste buds um, adjust. Mm -hmm. And really, if you think that if you can cook one or two more plant-based meals each week, the way I like to um, construct a meal that is very nourishing is to make you know a classic Buddha bowl. Everybody can do that. There's not a lot of work involved. You can put in as many ingredients as you like. And I always think to put in a grain. 
So grain could be, uh, you know, anything from rice to quinoa to buckwheat, whatever grain you prefer, uh, some sort of legume or beans, which could be chickpeas, uh, black beans, some sort of raw vegetable. So for example, lettuce or shredded carrots, something that you enjoy in your regular diet, something cooked, again, any vegetable that you enjoy, but cook just to have that like variety of uh, nutrients as well, because some nutrients get better absorbed by the body when they're cooked versus raw. So just finding something that's very colorful and making your plate really, really nice and full and colorful and enjoy what you're eating and make a really nice sauce. Tahini sauce is always my favorite. Everybody loves it. It's so easy to make. You don't need a lot of ingredients, just some tahini, lemon juice and salt and water. That's very basic and it really can take your bowl to a next level and just incorporating one of those meals will make you feel good um take it easy you know if you are looking at transitioning to a more plant-based diet there's a lot of fiber involved so if you go too hard at the start you might feel a little bit bloated or gassy that's you know it's a reality of changing the gut microbiome to something that's more um used to a plant-based diet so taking baby steps I think um, is really the best way to go yeah amazing I think that's really valuable what you shared because it's um I feel like often when I talk with people a lot of people are not really knowing where to start um, to change anything or even how many people don't even know how to prepare anything even if it's with meat or without so it's just um so good to yeah um start and I think it's also like time you know a lot of people just work all day and then it's um there's so much out there you can take away or in the supermarket that you can fastly eat that um yeah when in fact it makes you so much healthier and you know um Yeah, I think what you said as well, just uh, at the start, like having this connection with the food, because I think if you actually cook it, but also if you if you think about what you're eating and you eat it, it becomes also like a more beautiful part of your body, you know, and your <laughs> like helps really to keep your body um, healthy and, and strong and um, gives it the nutrition the body needs. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, if you make it with your hands, you know, you can't beat your own hands. Like you're putting the love into the food, you know, it's not some sort of machine in a warehouse making your food. You know, if you're concerned about not having enough time, find two hours in your week. That's quite achievable for most people, I would say, just to two hours to just prepare something in advance. Um, you know, you can freeze things, you can cook a batch of grain and have it for three days with different vegetables. So that's already, you know, with the base of a grain and some sort of beans and then different vegetables, you can create very different meals. And just by changing the spices, you can bring a lot of variety. Sometimes you can, you might be able to use Mexican spices or Indian spices on one day, you just use herbs and don't stress about how am I going to cook? You can roast, you can boil, you can steam, you can pan fry, you can air fry. There are so many things you can do with the vegetables. Just pick one. Don't even, don't even overthink it. It's, you know, it's going to taste nice if you have some different textures and flavors. So 
just cook with your heart, I think, even if you're just starting out and experiment, really use this as an opportunity to get to know what you like and how you can explore more of the food. It's a, it's a beautiful journey. I think it's um, for a lot of people who haven't cooked a lot before, it's they share a similar experience of really being so much more excited about food, about cooking, about wanting to share the food with other people because you know that that you're spreading love and you're making other people feel great as well. I think it's, um, it's a very rewarding experience. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I used to love this as well. Hang on a second. I just realized I need to plug my laptop in. just the uh, <laughs> um yeah that that is um amazing so I wanted to come back to your story as well of like so you studied literature and then you started the journey of yoga and becoming um a vegan chef so how has that how did you come to this journey and also how did this uh has changed your life so far Because obviously at one point there must have been a key point where obviously your awareness changed to a different Yes, point. yes. <laughs> Definitely. I've always been someone who likes many different things. Um, I've had so many different jobs in my life and I was never quite satisfied. I never, never really found what I wanted to do. And, you know, I finished my master's um, that I did in Bristol and I loved studying what I did. I love literature. I love culture. It's something that I'm really passionate about, but I wasn't really sure where to take it. And, um, you know, I wasn't going to go into teaching and I wasn't really sure what to do. And then I moved to Australia to do my working holiday visa And I was just cooking more and more and my friends were eating my food and they're like, oh, you should be doing this, you know, you should be working in a kitchen. And so I kind of started thinking, well, why not? You know, why can't I do something that I'm passionate about and that is also fun? So I went back to Bristol and I did a diploma for in cooking so that I could have a little bit more of a solid base. And then slowly from there, I started working in a cafe and then worked in a restaurant and really just pursued that passion. At the same time, I also started to be more serious about my yoga practice. And I think at some point, these two things really started to come together because I was becoming a lot more interested in the ethical side of um, veganism. So it wasn't just a diet anymore. It was about animal rights. It was about the environment and a connection to myself and like a better relationship with myself. And that went parallel with my yoga practice as well. So the deeper I was going into my practice, the deeper I felt connected to myself and to what I was doing and also um, to the food that I was making for myself and others. Um, and after working in a restaurant for a little while, I still, you know, realized that it was quite actually going in a different direction of where I wanted to go because being 
a yoga practitioner, I wake up very early in the morning to practice and it's a non-negotiable for me. That's how I start my day and working very late nights wasn't really serving my lifestyle. Um, so I had to find a different solution and um, I started going on yoga retreats with one of my favorite yoga teachers um, in Bristol and I was cooking for her guests and I really found home in what, what, what I was doing because I was like, you know, this is just exactly what I want my food to be like to cook for people who want to feel good and who share my same values and also you know, not having to live that very stressful, very ambitious, very competitive um, environment that is a commercial kitchen that I just wasn't interested in. You know, I don't have any ambition of um, owning a, like a big restaurant or becoming um, this amazing, like popular chef. That's not what I'm about. I want to do something that is fulfilling for me and just sharing the joy of a plant-based diet. Obviously also, this meant that I had to take some steps back as well, because obviously doing catering is a completely different thing. And, you know, you need to find your own clients and it's a, it's a much harder environment. So I've had to adjust and modify and do other jobs as well in order to be able to survive. But, um, you know, what I really discovered even throughout COVID is that no matter how many steps back I take my, the, you know, the fire of my passion is alive in me and this, not going to be the day where I'm not going to keep doing what I do. Um, it might change over time. It might be in different ways, but, um, you know, I really believe in living in accordance to my values and that is just what I'm going to do. Um, also there have been some quite some lifestyle changes, you know, with my practice and with the way I was eating. So, you know, at the start I was still going out a lot and, partying a lot and at some point you know that's also going to um, have some friction with the, the, that lifestyle because then you don't feel good in your body and I feel like when you've had a really you know good diet for some years you really notice when your body isn't feeling great and also practicing yoga you notice when your body isn't feeling great as well for different reasons, right? So you're so much more connected to yourself through food, through, through what you put into your body. And so that was, and also, that was also a different adjustment, right, that I had to take if I wanted to live in accordance to my values and to who I really am, which isn't always easy, right? Yeah. But yeah you know it's the right thing to do so it's in embracing whatever whatever comes my way and I don't know exactly where that's going to take me but I'm you know going to stay on this path whatever you want to call it yeah I think it's also um you you live your authenticity um if you practice what you also share um, or the sign what you practice what you preach I think is really accurate because um, I think it's important if you really believe in what you're doing and you're sharing it and you be authentic with it that's um, an important point if you want to change something for the better also mm -hmm. with others definitely yeah, yeah. It's, it's you really need to as you said, um, 
do what you embody like you need to embody something and people will also see that so if you can just see if someone's not authentic or if you're saying something and then doing something completely opposite then it's just there's a mismatch that is just going to be perceivable and and ultimately it's going to be very counterproductive in any goal that you want to achieve not only for yourself but for the things that you say you believe in so you know if you believe in a kinder better world then you need to take the steps to make that happen even if it is just in your little bubble yeah and how has it how has it changed your personal life like once you became aware of it obviously you you went towards um different steps of becoming a vegan um chef but also becoming a yoga teacher and so kind of the journey um continues right oh yes it's only just started it's really yeah. i feel like i'm barely putting my toes into the water i'm yeah. very but that's the beautiful thing because i'm in no rush to do anything because this is where i'm going this is i'm just trying to embrace every step the way that it's coming to me and i'm not trying to um particularly get anywhere because we've we've seen in covid that really like planning anyway really doesn't always mm -hmm. work out so i'm just really taking it as it comes and just doing the things that i enjoy and i believe that if you do things that you're passionate about then the rest will work itself out but yes i've definitely my life has become a lot quieter in a sense but i, I like that um yeah. for sure i'm i'm feeling yeah i'm feeling pretty good and content to to a more quiet life to be perfectly honest with you yeah yeah I, i understand it's um it becomes a journey of um i found once you possibly yeah rising awareness um for yourself but then also once you become to ask questions and you ask yourself why am i doing this and mm. you start to change then it's like a never-ending journey of um you are the pandora box that's opening <laughs> for yourself and yeah i totally understand it's like i'm I sometimes have a glass of sparkling um, and uh, I already don't drink um, a lot. And then depending on what the alcohol is, um, you know, I, I feel like I can't handle it. I feel so um, terrible even <laughs> after a class. I was like, what is going on uh, with my body? Yeah. Um, so I can actually handle better um, like a beer, you know, don't know whether it might be because the sugar content is less in beer and it's just a bit more pure brute than um, obviously sparkling or wine has possibly a lot more. Um, well, definitely um, sparkling has a lot of sugar content and I, I feel so yeah. tired after. And, and it's interesting. I have felt this even as a teenager. I never liked drinking because I felt always so tired after a glass or something and then got really melancholic. <laughs> So, you know once it doesn't feel well it's just like yeah. why would you do it it's just um, yeah and to be honest I still fall into the trap right because you want to be social you want to be, like yeah. partake in with what everybody else is doing you know sometimes we just get dragged into it and I'm like I might have a drink or two and then the next day like I just feel it and I've never been good with alcohol either it's, I've never been a big drinker so usually you know even in my big drinking days it was like three pints and I was 
not in a good way. And my previous housemates can testify for that. I would be sick for a long time. And I'm very happy that now I don't get to that point, you know, and I rarely have a glass of wine. And if I do, then it's maybe one, maybe two, if it's a special occasion. And of course, sometimes I do go out and have a cocktail because I'm feeling like a cocktail, but it's become very rare. And I definitely don't think I want to get drunk. That's never on my mind. It's never the purpose of me engaging with any, you know, activity like that. So it's always um, trying to still, you know, enjoy the things. But I'm realising more and more that I should just, like, stop completely. But it's another step that, you know, I'm sure it'll happen in time. Um, Also, being Italian, we do like to have a glass of wine with dinner. So if I ever go, you know, out with my family, I will probably still enjoy that glass of wine. And I don't think that's going to be a problem at all because my attitude isn't one of wanting to get away from myself or escape anything. I'm just literally, you know, enjoying the drink for what it is. And also, yes, very rarely because, you know, in the morning I got to get up and I got to practice. So. Yeah, I think it's possibly more like as well why we do things you know it's the same with eating I think it's just all well in fact all we are is possibly all habits that we either way put on ourselves or learn from someone and they can all be changed um, to feel better and I mean of course like no one is perfect and everyone um, should also enjoy themselves and if you enjoy um a glass of wine I think you know that's sometimes also good but if you know that your body can't handle it or it's not really good or you don't even feel all night good after um, then it's also good to just change it and you know and I I think it's Ah. sometimes have conversations also with people um, because I'm a massage therapist and it's like um, people felt really social pressured by doing things like whether it's standing up for themselves of what they're eating or um it seems like if you're sick and you have an allergy, that is totally acceptable. But if it's your own choice, you have to defend it somehow or not. Um, and, and I feel it's the same with drinking. It's such a social mm-hmm. acceptance that it's, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's, I can understand that possibly in some circles you're in it. It's just hard to stand up for yourself and um, stay strong and be like, well, but I'm just not wanting mm-hmm. to. And I can also be myself and have a good time without um being on anything here so yeah it's a a really good point um and honoring that is is sometimes very challenging because you also don't want to engage in those conversation all the time I don't want to have to justify myself you know and but that also ties into what kind of people you are surrounding yourself with and I think that that also changes right because it's very hard if you're in in a particular environment and you change to still be in that environment and not get tempted or not felt feel pressured to you know be like everybody else or unless it's a constant fight and that that yeah. doesn't feel good either you don't always want to fight and um, people get very you know emotional in in conversations that bring out something that other people might also see or deep down know that it's a behavior that they maybe should refrain from as well but they don't want to they're not ready to see that and so they get very it gets a very confronting to have that conversation and then it's easier to attack or to to pressure someone into being like everybody else rather than accepting that and being like great good for you you know 
and then think about what they do it's a very challenging thing to do I think it's possibly also because I feel sometimes people around um, might also feel um, (laughs) that they have kind of a uh, feeling maybe triggered by it or or, you know sometimes people also want to change but they can't and then they're just like yeah but you should all be like me so just you know um join join in rather than being the person that I might want to be rather than embracing it and might just ask the right questions to learn from someone else and maybe you know um get some knowledge um which is so valuable um so yeah so you also do yoga which I think um Obviously, I guess this has also changed you into different directions, right? Um, what has yes. done yoga for you? How did you and um, how did you embrace this path of um, liking yoga? Or yeah, up to be honest, like I never really liked moving my body. So when I was living in this famous hotel that I mentioned before um, and I had a lot of free time where I couldn't really do much. Um, I started to take these yoga classes that were offered to the guests of the hotel and for the first time I was like wow I actually didn't hate moving my body and for someone who has failed physical education class um, that's a big step forward and so really that was the gateway for me to um, to start practicing And, you know, I didn't have a very good relationship with my body. So, you know, it was a way to get me moving and to, you know, just get a little bit of exercise in. Um, That's the way that I saw it at the time. Obviously, now it's completely changed. And I think when you practice for a number of years, whatever you do, really, the initial motivation is quite different to what keeps you doing a certain thing. Um, I've also noticed that I was always someone who avoided a lot of uncomfortable feelings and but I thought that I was above my feelings it was really funny because I I prided myself on never getting angry I was like oh yeah everything is just passing through me you know and I'm like okay you know great and at some point this didn't work anymore and just everything just started coming down on me in like a really strong way and I actually realized that I was just bypassing my feelings for whatever they were and then as in the same at the same time that I was taking my yoga practice more seriously so I was using it as a tool to be more connected to myself and to get to know myself and my patterns of behavior and why I was doing certain things and what brought me onto the mat and why I wanted to do specific poses or you know like what how the practice was really for me at the start um, a way to feed my ego to be completely honest with you because I've always been very flexible so I've always been able to do a lot of things right so um, having that like experience of um, thinking that you're good at something um, definitely does something to to your sense of self so navigating that and trying to understand that what I was doing wasn't didn't have to be about that but it was about something that goes way deeper than that at the same time I had the realization that there were a lot of things in my life that I hadn't processed and the anxiety that I was feeling really was a result of me being disconnected from myself and from my feelings even though I wasn't aware of it for a very long time you know I was just living life and doing yoga and feeling great 
Um, but as my teacher says, you know, it's when everything falls apart that that's where you see where your yoga is, right? So where's your practice now when everything is falling and crumbling and you're feeling like I can't feel all these feelings? So really that's been the turning point for me. And I had been practicing yoga for years, you know, um, but until you hit that certain point where you really understand and I've also had a lot of injuries in my body that have been, you know, quite huge obstacles, but in a way they've been a blessing in disguise because that's also been an opportunity for me to really inquire more about why I was practicing. And that has also, you know, completely changed the way that I see my practice now. And that's been, you know, a really another really beautiful journey. And yet again, I am just at the start. So I'm, you know, very much looking forward to seeing where it brings me, even if it's not always pretty, but it's, it is exactly what it's meant to be, right? It's good. It's bad. It's, you know. Life. <laughs> yeah. um, so did you, um, so do you mean injuries through yoga or just the injuries that you just got through other things what was that uh, it was a bit of a mixture it's not I wouldn't say through yoga like nothing ever happened in my practice that injured me but I get a lot of repetitive stress injuries um I think it's a combination of really like being quite flexible and not knowing what to do with my body and just doing things in a way that I probably wasn't prepared to do with enough stability so I have quite loose joints and when you do certain things so I do the same practice pretty much every day and when you do that over a number of years if there's any imbalance in the body so if there's if you do have a shoulder that is particularly mobile and you do a certain movement over years that that will create some problems so I've had a lot of those um, throughout the years and little things in um, my joints and I have big problems with my knees And all these things last for a very long time. So I've never had the injury where uh, you fall down during a handstand and, you, you know, your ankle is broken for a couple of weeks. So it's all things that are going on and have been going on for years. And they're just going mm -hmm. to stick with me because of the way that my body is genetically. Mm -hmm. And of course, also the things that I do probably have influenced a little bit, um, doing things not right. That's why when I practice or even when I am teaching, I am very like careful to try and really see the person that I have in front of me and what they need rather than just making them do things that look good. So, and yeah, I like to work a lot on stability at the moment just because, you know, there's a lot of yoga out there as it's focusing on the flexibility, but I think that there are so many people out there who don't know how to provide stability in their body. So I think out of my own experience, <laughs> I like to, um, to share the little that I know so that maybe someone like me will mm. know and yeah. maybe doesn't have to go through all this. Yeah. And when you said um, that um, after all these years practicing yoga, you you finally found that you were so disconnected with your emotions. So did you change um, your yoga practice from then on? Or did you also got yourself some different help to help you um, trying to connect with yourself again? Or what did you do then? Well, um, therapy. 
Yeah. Absolutely. Um, there is certain times in your life where, you know, just the practice isn't enough. You need to be guided. But I felt like actually the things that my teacher was saying and the things that my therapist was saying were actually the same thing, but in completely different ways. So, you know, my teacher was seeing it from a yoga or spiritual perspective, call it what you, what you want. And my like therapist was coming from the scientific point, but really it was, like about being able to stay with whatever was going on and to not escape the feelings, to really like feel what you need to do and not try to resolve everything in my head. So I'm a very big overthinker. Um, you know, every situation I try to see it from all different angles and perspective. And it's like your mind is like a, it's a minefield really um, in, in this sense. So I really had to learn how to step back and to just get back into my body. And um, that also has translated into how I am practicing on my mat as in, you know, how is my breath? do I have to rush through my practice or can I actually just take my time? And if I have only an hour instead of an hour and a half, will I cram everything that I usually do into that hour or do I allow my practice to suit whatever I need in that moment and do a little bit less? So that was a big lesson for me. I'm always something, someone who wants to do more and more and more and push myself and push myself. And obviously at some point you're going to crash. So for me, it was a lot about stripping yes, my practice back. And um, I'm lucky that I did because, you know, I um, never even liked staying in Shavasana. You know, some people love it. And for me, it was like, it was terrible. It was, you know, after two minutes, I wanted to be out of the room. And, um, you know, what does that say about like um, my, the, my emotional and, um, you know, psychological health? Like if you're not able to relax, then Shavasana is just lying down in yes meditation. it's just lying down on your back mm -hmm. eyes closed nothing moving mm -hmm. mind still or you know just completely mm -hmm. trying to let go of anything that's in your body and your mind and I found it very challenging I would never stay for more than a couple of minutes and the first time that my teacher uh, my current teacher saw me he immediately noticed right so it was just like I was an open book and he's like ah okay um this is your practice. And I'm so glad that I had to go through all those hurdles because, you know, now I need at least 10 to 15 minutes and I actually love it and I don't want to move. And I'm like, that is the biggest transformation of my practice. It's not doing, you know, more poses or anything like that. It's actually, you know, enjoying what I'm doing, even if it hurts, you know, my, even if my body is, has the things that, that are, in my body you know and just accepting that and not trying to fight it not trying to push through pain but just being with what is and just accepting the situation and just surrendering really to what the moment brings that's definitely been and still is a very big lesson and I'm sure that there's going to be so many more um but yeah I'm yeah. just excited now rather than worried which is a big step yeah, diving in your own feelings and emotions and getting to know yourself more, it sounds like, <laughs> which is great. I think a lot of people go through this, but it just pops up in different occasions, you know, and I think if it pops up in something like 
that you can't lie down for 10 minutes on a mat and um, you have a supportive surroundings that's possibly the most beautiful space uh, to be in to be held and supported to discover what you have to look at in your own self definitely yeah Yeah. is there um a message you would like to share um for the audience um or something that you would like to um bring into this world (laughs) That's all everyone needs to hear um, through your life that you've learned. So, yeah. I think um, it's funny that I say I think because actually what I want to say is less thinking, more feeling. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever you do in your life, less thinking, more feeling. So really we are constantly, you know, bombarded with so many things and and our culture that's influencing us and social media and our history our personality there's so many things that are just constantly coming at us and that can influence the way that we move our body the way that we see our body the way that we eat so even in you know in in nutrition in, in what you put into your body it's not just about what feels good because you know you eat because that's what you've been taught that's what you've always eaten for Christmas you know so there's a lot of cultural norms that also uh, come into play when you feed yourself so even then can you take the time and have a meal and then just feel your body and what is what is it doing to your body and how you're feeling after you're lethargic are you energized um are your internal organs working properly? So really, again, not don't think too much about oh, vegan, non-vegan, and we shouldn't. We need protein, and we need to eat meat. We've always eaten meat. All those things that um might be coming into, you know, someone's mind, just more feeling and less thinking. I think that will be the one. I think the gut is the feeling as well. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Which means if you put a lot of not awesome things in, you might not feel as much as if it's uh, if it's good nurtured. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you want to share that I haven't asked you? Um, I think that um, we're still in January, so if you're thinking about it, join the Veganuary Challenge. Um, there's lots of recipes out there. There's lots of resources. Um, I don't talk about intentions for the new year, but I'm just here to ask, can you try something different even just for once and see what happens? Amazing. Okay, we're good um, finishing words. And I will also, um, if people want to be taught from you um, how to cook vegan or want to have a um, catering um events cooked by you or would like to learn um, more about yoga i'm just gonna um link um all the links you want me to link in the show notes and wherever i'm going to post it and um then people can go on the journey absolutely i'm always happy to answer any questions just contact me on social media or via email if you have a question, if you don't know where to start, I'm always happy to answer. I'm here to help, to help in whatever way I can. So feel free to reach out. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for your 
openness, for your open words, for um, sharing um, your story, for sharing your vulnerability as well. It's uh, really, um, yeah, a pleasure. Um, thank you so much for sharing. <laughs> Thanks, Lena, for giving me this opportunity and inviting me here. It's been a pleasure and uh, it was very nice to meet you as well. Thank you. <laughs>